Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Grief fundamentally changes who we are and how we see the world. It's painful and heartbreaking, but also transformative and magical. This podcast is about grief and loss, but more importantly, it's about life and living fearlessly. I'm Kelsey Chittick, and welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Grieve. Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. And this is going to be a good one because I already started to cry when I just introduced myself to our guest today, which is very rare for me. I normally go for humor, but for some reason, I'm I'm already touched by this. So our guest today is Michael Gauvier. Did I say it right? Yes. Yes. Okay. He is the wonderful filmmaker who wrote and directed the Oscar-winning animated short film, If Anything Happens, I Love You. And you can watch it on Netflix. What, tell us kind of, well, first of all, thank you for coming. Thank you so much for, I'm happy to be here. So good to, so good to be a part of the show. Yeah. So, I, you know, I watched the, the film on Netflix last night and I've heard a lot about it and people had been talking about it to me and seeing if we could get together and I really didn't even know what to expect because I, I just, I didn't have any clue. And so when I watched it last night, I sat downstairs, I had a scotch and I was folding laundry and I was like, oh, I'm going to talk to this guy tomorrow. And about five or six minutes in, it touched me in a way where I like started to ugly cry again because, and I think I just said this before we started recording, but the no words is kind of I've never, I don't think thought of it that way, but that's basically how the first two years of grief is. There's just, there's nothing anyone can say that doesn't bug you. There's nothing that if someone says or thinks they understand what you're talking about, they don't, or if they do, or if they, or if they do, you're not going to let them because you hate the world. And so can you just kind of just talk to me first about how you made those choices and what, what brought you to the film in the first place? Yes, yes. What brought us to the film, brought me to the film was just this deep reflection on grief and kind of like what grief feels like and what grief looks like. And like you're saying, I think the grief and its most intimate is those quiet, quiet moments of grief. And it's like those very personal moments of grief. And a lot of times you don't see them portrayed, at least not in film in this way, especially not in animation. And so we really wanted to show that. Like those quiet moments, like you find a scrap of paper with your loved one's handwriting on it. You find part of their clothing. You hear their favorite song. And it's like those are those intimate moments of grief where you're just flooded with all of those memories. Like they can be wonderful memories too. And you can be start laughing about this and then you're crying because you miss them. And it has all of it. And we really wanted to show what grief looks like. Um, and because especially in the film, the fact that the girl 
dies from a school shooting or is murdered in a school shooting is that's the how, but that's not her life. And we wanted to really show what the parents' grief looks like and kind of how brave it is to just kind of like, today I put on pants and I went for a walk. And it's like, that is, you know, that's that's uh, bravery, you know, to keep going. Yeah, I think when um, when they're sitting on the bed, I think, you know, a lot of people, when you're grieving, you you go, people come over, people sit with you, people talk to you, you go out, you get through the day. People say things like, I'm so sorry, or whatever. But it is the little moments at home that nobody, if you haven't been there, you don't realize, but it, it is so dark and so lonely. And even for even for me that from early on was able to kind of reframe this experience and, and really focus on the gratitude of having my husband in my life, the depth of sorrow was portrayed so well without saying anything. And I think the beautiful part, and I what I really want to dig into, but I just thought that no words, I would never think you could have done an animation that would capture how it felt with stick figures and shadows. It was so hard to, yeah, to do such, you know, very minimal animation and just look. We wanted to strip everything out of out of frame. And so anytime things were getting over-designed, we had to pull everything out of the frame because we wanted to very much feel like grief, kind of feel barren. And then even our color palettes, memory section comes back. Color comes back when you go to memory. But it's memory, the way memory kind of, I feel the way memory flows, is like it kind of flows choppy. Like you remember a moment, but you don't remember the scene. And you kind of then that pings you to another moment. Uh, it took us a year to write 12 pages and we wrote out all of the sequences, all of the designs and the looks or, and the, um, the transitions, especially it took a long time just to get that. Cause you know, we're both, we're screenwriters. And so you re- you rely on your words and then to have something that's like, okay, we're going to describe the feeling and the look of this scene. And that was kind of the focus. Yeah, and I love to, and I'll, you know, I've spent a lot of the last five years trying to find my husband again. And you know, early on, I tried psychedelics, which really was a, a, a exceptional experience for someone who had never done anything, and it it changed my life. You know, probably a year after he died, because I remember feeling I I needed to get to him. And what I loved about your short is it they we don't there's they're here. We have to be ready to hear them. Like I just. I, I find it interesting as a culture that we all feel fine talking to God, or we all feel fine that like ministers and priests have some relationship with Jesus or God. But when I say like, Nate and I have a great relationship now, people are like, do you? And I'm like, no, I, I do. I talk to him all the time. I hear him. And the sh- the the film really showed that the little girl was knocking and she, literally she was knocking things over. She was turning on music. So when you know, I strongly believe in that. And I think you guys portrayed the most important part about grief that isn't portrayed that often, which is they're not gone, they're just transformed. So where did you where did you come with that? 100%. That was like the initial thought of the film was I had this thought of like this kind of shadow souls thought. Like there's this, what you see on the wall, it's like the part of you that doesn't connect to you because it's so painful and it's separated from you. And so you're kind of seeing these two different things going on. And that was the beginning. And then the shadow souls were so disconnected from the humans here that they could connect to, you know, kind of the other side, that shadow side, you know, with the the daughter's soul. And that's kind of how they connected and then bonded them and and basically reunited their own 
selves, you know, so the shadows at the end snap back and they kind of realign their own thing. And that's kind of the gift that the the daughter gives. It's like kind of like finding balance within yourself, you know? Yeah. yeah it's something that I think as we evolve as humans and as, you know, I, I talk about this all the time, but the technology of being able to speak to dead people or, you know, we had, I always talk about if we, before cell phones, we couldn't do a cross country trip and know that they, we couldn't talk to them, but we knew they were here. Mm-hmm. We couldn't see them. We had no idea where they were. And without cell phones, we we just, we had to hope and pray that maybe they were still out there. And now we have technology that we could talk on the phone. And then we got to where we can FaceTime. And now we can see people. So we are on a fast track to understanding that we can connect with people in different ways and different realms. Because, and I thought the the movie was extremely clear on how close those people are to us. And why when you are grieving, especially in the beginning, one of the first things I tell people is, you know, pay attention. Pay attention because they're trying to get to you. They're trying to tell you. They're trying to send you messages. And I loved I loved that your choices. I loved your choices in flowers because I think nature is the best way for them to show up, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's normally something you're not cued to until grief. I think grief, I mean, grief is such a unique thing where it's like, it unifies you. I think it cuts out a lot of bullshit and it kind of oh. like, it kind of like it, you, you priorities snap a little straighter, like, like things, it's kind of like a gift of clarity in certain moments. And I think that's kind of the gift out of it. Obviously it's incredibly painful and, and we all will go through it if we haven't already, but it, it's, yeah, I think that's the wonderful gift. How did you access this? Have you had grief at a a big level or was this just something that came to you that you understood intuitively? I, I think, I think it's, it, it's both. I mean, I've lost, you know, friends and, and things like that to, uh, you know, suicide, illness, you know, things like that. So I've lost people around me. I have not had this direct level of gun violence, but I've had gun violence in relation to like death by suicide. But it, 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 it I also think it's just like, you know, artists, our job is to kind of like take in all these big feelings and kind of like make our artistic statement about what we feel these things are. And I think that was also part of it. So I think it wasn't, I I don't fundamentally believe you have to have a one-to-one ratio to create art or create things. I think art, this is why we want artists to feel all these deep things for us. And so we can um, experience it through the art. I mean, I love that you didn't have to, I, I love that this was a knowing without needing to experience. I mean, what, what you all wrote, it shows that this is this is something that's already in us, in us, each one of us. We don't, it doesn't necessarily have to be turned on by the actual event. Understanding what it would feel like is is something we all can do, which is why when people have someone die, they're like, oh, because you, you can feel that feeling that they feel. It's so universal. It's so universal. Everyone connects to it. it happens Everyone- all the time. It happens all the time and everyone can feel it. And it's just, and I think that's also why the film was such a hit because people really wanted to feel when we started, we pitched it to Netflix multiple times and they said, the film's too sad. No one will watch it and like freaked out. And, but the flip of that is then we asked, you know how they have the top 10 thing on Netflix, like the top, then we asked, how do we get on that? And they said, oh, no shorts ever done it. Don't worry about it. And we got on the top 10 list in 75 countries and we were number one in 16, just proving 
that people want to feel and want these stories and want to have these discussions. Yeah. I mean, I love, it was like that, it was that good cry that when you have lost somebody or been through something that you need every now and then, and you need it for them. I was crying, not for me. I wasn't missing Nate anymore. I was, I was crying for those people. Yeah. Those shadow people. I was yeah. like, I hate this for you. Let's talk about the choice because there's a thousand things. You could have had her die of cancer. She could have gotten hit by a car. I absolutely love the choice of gun safety for two reasons. It's just something we have to talk about. It's absolutely ridiculous. And this is just, it's, but we don't need to get into that today. But the fact that you all chose to have parents who could have chosen to be pissed and angry and hardened for the rest of their life because she was murdered by guns, by guns. You took the one thing that says, well, I can't forgive that. Mm-hmm. I can't forgive somebody doing that to my kid. Mm-hmm. That you saw them and you saw the daughter. She, was, she wasn't pissed. She wasn't mad. Mm-hmm. And so how did you make that brave choice? Because that's, that's big. We, th- thank you. Thank you. We wanted to, you know, show, because I mean, most of the times in some of these huge moments, statistically, this destroys a family, you know, and it really destroys a family. And we also, but it also doesn't. And in, and if it doesn't, it really unifies and bonds them. And we wanted to show the love and also the love of the daughter, like the daughter loved her parents and she loved them so much. Of course, she wants the best for her parents. And this is where also, I think in death, in these moments, a lot of times the person dying is still trying to take care of the living. And I think that's a very unique moment. And it's very special when it's like, you're going to be okay. And they're like consoling you. And I think that is what this daughter is doing. And, and, and even with her text message, it's like, you know, you know, if anything happens, you know, I love you. It's taking care of the living. And I find that so compelling that, you know, if you've been around someone dying, as we all have or, or experienced, like there's a lot, there's a lot of this moment. It's like, you're going to be okay. I'm going to be here with you, you know, and, and they're taking care of us. Oh and God. I think that's what the, the daughters do. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, I think... Um you know, I had, I did my first podcast on suicide and I ended up doing it with a best friend from childhood just because it's such a, it's such a hard, dis, it's a hard discussion when it isn't your type of grief because you feel like you're overstepping or you don't understand or people will say, well, of course, that's why you think it, yours went this way. Sure. But again, it's like how people go matters, yes, to our regular life, to our, you know, our human brains that are here on earth. But once you take that away, when they're gone, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Regardless of, you know, I think we do a lot of what ifs and if it what had, but I, I've moved to this place where I think, you know, when, after it happens, you, the only choice you have is to accept it or fight it for the rest of your life. And it is a much more beautiful journey if you accept it and you start looking for the gifts that your person has left you. I love the scene where 
the two the two parents were pulling apart and they were walking away. It wasn't, you know, this thing was not going to work without 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 their daughter. And then somehow the globe or the circle pushed them together. What was that? What was the idea? That was there? her. That was the daughter. That was so the her, daughter okay. kind of has this almost not to say superhero moment, but this superhuman moment where she kind of goes in her hands and she grabs them and and kind of is forcing kind of their their souls back together or their hearts back together to basically stop them from walking into the darkness, you know, right. and that's kind mm-hmm. of what it is. It's like they're walking away from the light and they're walking to the darkness. They're choosing, like you said, that other path of, of you know, maybe like resentment and anger as opposed to this acceptance, which I do think leads to greater, you know, at least a, a greater life, you know, which is very hard. But every day you have to keep fighting that fight. Yeah. And I always say, you know, if you loved your person, if you really loved your person that's gone, the best way you can honor them is by living just an exceptional life. For sure. That's, that's kind that's, of the that's kind of the answer to it all. Yeah. Um, because also, if they were here, they would say, what are you doing? <laughs> like, and you probably hear them sometimes say, what are you doing? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing. I think we all get stuck in I, that our culture has a real narrative around. And, and grief is the it's it's the saddest, hardest experience I've ever had in my life. Sudden death is no joke. And especially when it's your person and you thought you were going to get more time, a child, a spouse, you know, um, I think it's a little bit different as people get older and it feels correct in terms of chronologically. You still miss them, but you aren't as pissed. Yeah. My wife lost her brother really young. He was 22 and she was uh, 21 at the time, uh, 20 at the time. And it was just a sudden death. He got bacterial meningitis and died in 24 hours, just like wicked quick. And he was actually overseas. So no one even got to be there. He was traveling. And so it was this whole thing. And it was the film, because talking about grief, they never really talked about him. And they had maybe gone that kind of other path where it's like, we're not going to talk about him. And, And the film opened up enough emotions and kind of cracked open a little bit of a door to now discuss Joe. So now Joe's back, which is really kind of unique and special. So now it's like this discussion begins again, because I think that that helped at least make it okay to have these feelings. Yeah. I think my husband lives alive and well, probably too much in my home. My kids are like, he's dead. I'm like, not, not, yeah, that's true. But we're still, they're like, you can't talk for him. I'm like, he just told me something to tell you. And they're like, don't play that. But you know, it it is, the more you bring them up, the more you speak of them, the less scary it is to talk about a dead person. In the beginning, they're dead. So it's so hard. So I, I think the film, I also love the cat, you know, Again, it's just nature. For me, it's birds. And I, I mean, I never looked at a damn bird before Nate died. Not a chance. And now I'm like that weird person that's like, there he is again. They're like, that's not him. I'm like, it might not be him, but he told the bird to come. You know, yeah. it's yeah. so, and I love that you guys use that. So what is the main theme? As I kind of look back at it, I mean, from from the creative perspective, was it about them trying to reach us, the people that are gone? Or was it about the parents? Like, what was your... Well, yeah, that's right. a great. Yeah, the first there's, you know, and also if you should check out the book too when you get okay, a chance, I'll get read it. the book. Sure. You got to check out the book because the book is the, you know, the flip of this story because the, the the film is from the parents' perspective. 
Okay. Okay. And the book is from the daughter's perspective. And so we we wrote a graphic novel because we thought there was more story to tell and we wanted to do this. And the book opens with, she goes, a lot of people talk about the way I died, but no one really talks about the way I lived. I lived a lot of life in 12 years. Hi, my name's Rose. And that opens the book. And she starts talking about her life and what happened to her and also all the people that she affected. So you're seeing the void, but also you're seeing the impact. Whereas this is just the parents kind of dealing with grief and it's the similar journey. They, they're bringing each, you know, they're bringing, he's, she's bringing her parents together, but it's just kind of from her perspective of that same story. Okay. And so both of those were that. And then the initial thoughts were we wanted to kind of show what grief looked like. And also we wanted to kind of show, if you look at the film, it has different, sections like at the beginning you feel this is a divorce film you know you're like they're getting divorced that's what this film is and then the next section you figure out why they're getting divorced and you go oh got it but then you feel out what's really happening and it's like actually it's a much greater thing it's a greater uh, contemplation of grief and that's the fact that the daughter is kind of coming back or her soul her spirit her is coming back to save them and that's kind of what the the film ends up being yeah. Well, I I absolutely love it. Let me see what else. I took so many notes. I don't know. It was just beautiful, Michael. It was, I, I normally don't even, that stuff doesn't normally hit me the way it hit me. And it was, it was really beautiful. And I, I was at, for some reason, I thought it was about gun safety or, you know, gun death. For some reason that was in my head and that is a part of it. And that's a whole other situation, but it was... Um, yeah, it's a film about grief. It's just fundamentally a film about grief. And I think everyone can relate because they can have their own grief, you know, and there's, you know, and she dies in this particular kind of way, which is, and we wanted to talk about that, but also it's not about that because, mm-hmm. because we feel like even with, you know, gun violence, all the stories become about the act and don't become about the people. And so this is a this is a story about the people, about the family, and it's just one family. And you're just feeling what this one family feels. And that was the kind of the goal, because that's kind of shows grief, you know? Yeah. And I love the idea that, you know, no matter what happens, every morning we when we leave our kids, whether they're four, 25, 60, you know, when you when you say goodbye to anybody, you have no idea what's going to happen. And yeah. it, you know, sometimes it's at the at you know, the expense of a shooting. Sometimes it's a car crash. Sometimes it's a diagnosis. Sometimes it's a heart attack. And the idea that this this showed me and reminded me is that every day, every day when you say goodbye to someone you love, you, you want to get it right. You want to, and, and you want to find a way to just connect and make sure the good things are said because it does matter. And I, I obviously had my experience and I'm so grateful. My husband and I didn't, I loved the phone thing because for some reason, when when he died, I was in Jamaica at this retreat, and we didn't buy the talk plan because I was cheap, and that's mm-hmm. just how I am, you know. So so we texted, so we mm-hmm. texted for three days, and he died on the third day, and I was at this spiritual retreat, learning all these things that just kind of changed my life, and he was just encouraging me and being like, "I'm so glad you're there. I love you so much." And there's something so beautiful about the last things being said over text. Mm-hmm. So don't text mean things. I just tell everybody because there is such a gift when everything you say over text is something you can look back on and say like, mm, they knew how much I loved them and I knew how much I loved them. And I, I love that part. I love the text part. 
That is such a great, absolutely. I hadn't thought about it. I, I mean, I know it, I always thought, you know, there's, there's a permanence to the words and seeing the words on a device and pulling it up and seeing them. I always love that because you can always go back and it's reassuring and it's that it's, and it's in their words, their language, you know, which is so wonderful and, and comforting. But yeah, but I hadn't thought of like making rules like, yeah, don't text mean things. It's like, well, I better go delete a bunch. <laughs> yeah. No, it's no, really I'm not I'm not a mean texter. I just want to It's put really important. If you have something mean or rude to say, you say it in person and yeah. you say it so that it can be mended so you guys can work through it. Yeah. You do not want to fight over the phone. Yeah. It just is a bad idea. Yeah, because I agree it's, with that. Yeah. it's just it's 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 there forever. Whereas words you can go back and forth, and then you can correct and say, "May I take that back?" Or yeah. so I'm. I love that. I love that. That's what she said. If anything happens, and actually, if we all thought that, if anything happens, what would be the last thing you'd want me to text? So even if you dog cuss someone at the end, be like, "And I yeah. love you so much." There's no one I'd rather hate than you. Yeah, my person. So yeah, give some love. You know. Yep. Well, Michael, tell us where we can what where we can get everything and watch it. And um, great, yeah. Right now, uh, the film is currently on Netflix, so you can just go find it there. If it doesn't pop up on your main browsery thing, just go to that little search engine, and it's kind of cool. You just type in "if if" and it will pop up right away. So it was pretty easy to search. Also, you can go anywhere books are sold. You can get the graphic novel and it's, if anything happens, I love you. You know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, go to your local bookstore give them some love. And it's it's a beautiful book and it's a companion piece. So it's not the same one-to-one. It's not like we just took the book and put it into, or took the film and put it into a book. We made a whole new, a whole new story. So but I think it adds a lot to it. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad I got to see it. I'm so glad. Uh, I hope you guys all listen to it, watch it. It was good. Really, really, really good, which is why it won so many awards. And um, congratulations on on nailing a hard, uh, a hard topic so beautifully. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening. And remember, keep going. It gets better. 